happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy everything that you celebrate, Kwanzaa, Festivus, I don't care. This is Dave Stevens coming to you from the home office in Bristol, Connecticut, from the land of the misfit toys, and why not? I'm one of the biggest misfits out there. Uh, but let me bring in my other misfit uh, toy from the land of uh, Duluth, Minnesota, where it's much, much colder. He knows where those uh, misfit toys come from. Troy Geary. Troy, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm doing. I'm a little cold, Dave, but I'm doing great. Yeah, and you can tell that uh, you're all dressed up and bundled and everything. And uh, we here in Connecticut, it's still not uh, too much like that. But uh, from that Christmas music here in the background, that means we are in a very festive mood. And tonight, I want to celebrate. I'm just going to go ahead and bring in our guest tonight. Uh, he's only a three-time NBA champion. He played with a little team called the Chicago Bulls back in the day. And uh, he also played his college ball at Iowa. He had his number retired. Uh, now he's an agent. Uh, I've got a commercial I'm going to embarrass him with a little bit later. He's been all through <laughs> everything in this league. But uh, BJ Armstrong joining us. Uh, BJ, thanks for taking some time to join us tonight on uh, Geary Stein at Stevens. Oh, man, I really appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. And uh, I had some uh, technical difficulties, I think, last week. But I'm here this week. So it's all good. Uh, pleasure to be here. And by the way, I'm feeling really bad. You guys are in the, the holiday spirit. And I have yet to uh, get started yet. So, uh, But I have a couple of days. You've, you've got the white and the green behind you. I see Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. So we'll we'll give you a pass on who has a better background for the show. Troy, uh, me or you. But, uh, man, dude, right out of the gate, I got to say, do you ever age? I mean, you have looked young from when you were at Iowa. So it's like, what what's your secret to your beauty? I, I wish I had secret, just good genes from my parents. So I got to thank my parents for that. And uh, I have no idea, but, uh, you know, it's been around a long time. I wish I felt the way uh, the way you just mentioned here, but I'm <laughs> I'm 55 and I definitely feel it. Wow. <laughs> you, you don't look at it. And it makes me feel old when I remember being at ESPN and, and we had to cover you. You guys hated ESPN because it was always we were always trying to dig up stuff on you guys or stir the pot or, you know, right. everything like that. But uh does it seem like it was that long ago that you were a, a part of su such an amazing run? Well, it, it does. It, it really does seem like a long time ago and watching the game, because I'm always trying to stay current and how the game is played and you're watching the game evolved in the way it's played today and the way these guys shoot to three, the, the, the pace at which the game played. So it seems like an eternity, you know, when we when he's out there playing and looking at those photos, you go, wow, that, that was so long ago. But it's a great game today, and uh, I'm enjoying watching it. Those were fun times playing against those, you know, Nick teams and the Bulls, and the, the the Pistons, and all of those times. So, you know, those are great times, great memories. And uh, but I enjoy watching the game today and watching these guys play. I mean, watch Steph Curry and all these guys the way they play. You go, what you know, what an exciting time, and just makes you wonder what would it be like to play in today's game. So. And it's great as we're watching you play against James Worthy and Magic Johnson and all these legendary names. And there's this little number 10, B.J. Armstrong. Uh, who, you know, you proved you belonged in the league, but uh, do you still kind of pinch yourself to, to, to say, hey, I was a part of something that will probably never happen again in the NBA? I mean, you can't. It's tough enough to repeat, let alone three-peat, just to get there one time. I mean, it, it, it's still got to you know be in your brain how lucky you were. Well, those were great teams. Those were a special group of guys. And, um, you know, it was just 
sometime, you know, you, you, you find yourself in the right situation at the right time. And certainly I was the beneficiary uh, of, of being a part of a great group of guys where we all came together at that particular time in our life. And we had a single focus and a single mindset and uh, we wanted to give it a shot. And certainly it started with our best player, who was Michael Jordan, unquestionably. But we had great coaches, great leadership internally within, whether it was Bill Cartwright, you know, Phil Jackson. And everyone was committed to that single focus. And, you know, we talk it, you talk about it. I wish I had it bottled up and could tell you what it is, but you just know it when you see it. And um, I remember when I first came there, I knew something was a little different and the way we approached every day, you know, winning in this league is very hard, but showing up to win every day is probably the most difficult thing. But it was a group of guys that were willing to do that and pay that price every single day. And fortunately for us, we had an opportunity uh, when it presented itself and uh, we were able to take advantage of it and we did win. So it was just a very special time. I, I, again, I never imagined that they would happen like that. I always thought that I had a chance maybe someday to play in the NBA, but to be able to achieve that, I, I couldn't have pictured that or even fathom that in my wildest dreams but certainly it must have been somewhere because when i saw it i went for it <laughs> i want to ask you about the last dance you were featured on episode eight uh, for your game two heroics when you played for charlotte against the bulls can you talk about that game and then uh, the, the games afterwards and uh, just how much fun it was playing against michael jordan well yeah you know every game you know, what I remember most about playing in the NBA is every game presented a new challenge. And, you know, I, I wish I would have put more emphasis on one game than another, knowing that this game meant more. That, that was just a big challenge for us at that particular time. The Bulls were the best team in the in the league. All right. And uh, we certainly felt pretty good about, you know, who we were as a team. But, you know, every game, you know, you, I just love the challenge when you play in the NBA. It's just the challenge, right, uh, of playing in the NBA. You're playing against the best players. You're playing against players who, you know, you know, everyone thinks that they are the best, you know, in the league. They think they're the best at their position. They think they have the best team. So I was just playing a game like I would normally play, and you accept the challenge. And that's the thing that you do. And uh, that's the thing that I remember – about every time I, you know, came out to play is that I wanted to accept that challenge. And you accept that challenge every single night. And uh, so I wish I could have put more emphasis on it. I wish it, that game meant more to me than any other thing. It made good theater for the last dance, but, you know, <laughs> when, you, when you play every game, right, there's a great player every single night. And you just got to go and, and find those challenges and certainly – you know, the challenge was going to be, you know, was, it was, you know, like Michael was going to be Michael no matter what. But, you know, every night you you got to find a way to go out there and get yourself into the game. And uh, so, you know, it was just another game. I know it sounds cliche, but truthfully, that's what it was. We always build up with that in the folklore. It still is to the, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, they needed some of that. But, you know, it was a great documentary to watch. But, but you know, I've been around locker rooms all my life and inside. We didn't get everything, you know, of what went on and all those kind of things, you know, uh, you know, because like nowadays they tape practice and you can see a teammate punching somebody and then you got controversy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was wondering if 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 
the last dance, or at least the first half of that, had been produced by B.J. Armstrong and not through the eyes of Michael Jordan. Would that have been a different show to watch? Well, you know, I wish I would have known that our life, my life, was that interesting. I had no idea that anyone cared, right? You, you know, you went to practice. You know, to me, there was nothing out of the ordinary um, that was said. I mean, I, I think the big thing is people want to hear, you know, from Jordan, right? And and the reason I say Jordan, it, it, what makes it interesting, what makes it fascinating is because, you know, coming up through that era, he wasn't considered like the greatest player at that particular time. You know, that was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And you saw the evolution of this player just evolve into this, unstoppable force and suddenly before we knew that he was perhaps the greatest player of all time he had already he was already into the the heart and thick of his career it wasn't like when he first came into the league you know like today people say this player is going to be the greatest player now you're you know it was like six seven eight years into his career where all of a sudden people were like hmm this guy's pretty good <laughs> you know and, and all of a sudden he could be and then okay he won one can he do it again and then before you know it you know he was on a roll that no one could stop so you know i, I just think when you when you when you see great players and you see great talent and you see this today we're so fast and we're so quick and we live in a society now where everything is you know we want to say who's the greatest who's going to be the greatest instead of allowing that player to mature or accept that, that pressure, accept that responsibility, but more important to accept that challenge. You know, that's a big challenge when you start saying the greatest and having to prove that, you know, it's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to go out and do it. So, you know, just a different time, different era. For listeners that don't know, you grew up in Michigan. Can you talk about your recruiting process and how you ultimately decided on the university of Iowa? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, going, I, it was simple. Um, you know, Michigan was really good and I, I probably wouldn't have played a lot there in my first couple of years. And then uh, Michigan State, they had this guard by the name of Scott Skiles, who was clearly one of the best players in the Big Ten. I think he was like a sophomore or something at the time. And um, so I'm just looking to really find a place that I could call home and give myself a chance. And uh, I went out there to visit and it just fit me. I had, I had, I just every visit I, I took or I was able to go on, I just did it with an open mind. And when I went out there to Iowa, I remember it just felt like home. So uh, I was always been a second home to me. They've been great to myself and my family. I try to get back there at least once a year. So uh, and, and have an opportunity to play in the Big Ten. Right. Growing up in Michigan, I always followed the Big Ten, Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State. And uh, so to be able to play in the Big Ten was a was a thrill of a lifetime and have an opportunity to play was was great. You had a great education. So it really fit everything that I was looking for. And uh, it turned out to be probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, what did it mean? I know you've been in the NBA and you've played against the best, but to get your number retired and, in, in, you know, and to be in that echelon at your own college. I mean, what did that mean to you? Well, you know, just such wonderful people. And um, what those, you know, anytime something happens uh, for me like that and get a number retired, I think of all the people in my life that played a part for me to get there, right? I think of my parents, I think of all the coaches, all of the teammates, 
my neighborhood, all of the coaches that I had playing in youth league. So it's a really a, a, a thank you to all of those people more so than myself. I mean, I, I know I, I, I received the award and my name and Jersey, but truthfully speaking, it's all those people, right? My family having my, my kids now, you know, the, you know, my kids like, dad, did you really play in the NBA? <laughs> you know, my kids, they don't believe it. Right. I'm just dad. So for them to actually see it and, and, and it means a lot to all of the people around me. So every time I, go there and I'll look up and I'll see a jersey or see something that I was able to achieve as a basketball player or anything that I've achieved in my life. I always think of all the people that helped me get there because it's it's just more than me. So uh, I'm just very thankful that I was fortunate enough to have great mentors, great coaches, great teammates and have an opportunity as a young kid who just had a dream. Right. I just had a dream that I wanted to be the best player I could be and never knew where it was going to take me. But um it really, it was a life changer for me in, in many regards. It allowed me to see the world and experience things that I never dreamed I would experience and do the things I was able to do. And here I am 50 something years later, I'm still talking about basketball. So it, it's, it's been a great ride and uh, I've just, I've, I've enjoyed it as a kid. I'm enjoying it as an adult and I'm still talking about it. Well, uh, we're glad you're here. Three-time NBA champion bj armstrong joining us on the gary stein and stevens we'll come back we'll talk a little more about his memories of the nba and uh, maybe pick his brain about some of these current players so don't go away we gotta pay some bills merry christmas pete merry christmas mom i think there's one more present for you it's a manscape package with lotions and sprays and trimmers and where's the lawnmower there's a note Dear Pete, may you have a Merry Christmas and a smooth New Year. Oh! Shop now at manscaped.com. Hi again, everybody. Dave Stevens from the Geary Stein and Stevens Show. And, you know, I'm on the road a lot covering professional teams like the Philadelphia Eagles here in this beautiful stadium, but I don't have a lot of time to eat. What I do use, though, is Athletic Greens One. It's a great supplement that you can use every day to get that nutrition that you're missing. And you know what? If you're drinking those energy drinks, those monster drinks, those add up where this costs just $3 a day. It's got over 75 vitamins and nutrients in it that it would take you so many pills and bottles to take but it's all right here. You just put a couple of scoops in with the water. You mix it up with either lemon juice or what I like to use with frozen uh, fruit. It tastes great. It makes you feel good. And, of course, it is going to make you live life better. So Athletic Greens 1. If you want more information, go to athleticgreens.com backslash GSN. They'll give you a year's supply of vitamin D if you go to that website. So continue to follow Stephen Stein and Gary or Gary Stein and Stevens wherever you go. But make sure you're taking Athletic Greens 1. All right. Welcome back to Gary Stein and Stevens in our second segment. Uh, joining us, three-time NBA champion B.J. Armstrong, who played for the Bulls and the Hornets and the Magic. He returned to Chicago and... I guess technically I could say Golden State, uh, yes. you know, but uh, tell us a little bit about that as a player when, you know, people are expecting you, you're this big star and suddenly they give this expansion draft. I remember because the Minnesota Timberwolves picked off a couple of guys while I was there, right. you know, Pooh Richardson and those guys, and you've already been part of something huge. You don't want to go to rebuilding. So what was that thought process when you went to Golden State or obviously didn't go to Golden State and ended up, uh, you know, uh, 
I'm sorry, for Toronto and then going to go to state. state. Well, what you just threw a name at me, uh, you know, Pooh Richardson. I, I remember I can remember the broadcast, the late great Stuart Scott. He would always say, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> you know, yeah, I can. When you said that, I can. I can remember that. Who Richardson was? You know, he still is a good friend of mine. So, uh, um, what was it like? Um, you know, my 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 dream, if you will, was to play in the NBA, and I just wanted to experience every phase and every aspect of the NBA. And I've been fortunate enough to play um, as an executive, now as an agent. So I'm just experiencing, I worked in the media, I worked at ESPN. At some point, all of us worked for ESPN at some point in our career. So I've experienced a lot of aspects of this sports entertainment industry. So um, for me, playing in the NBA was a thrill of a lifetime. And um, I was just happy to learn everything, right? I experienced the highs of this league. I experienced what it was like to be picked in the expansion draft, being the first pick of the Toronto Raptors at that time, then going to a team that was trying to get into the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors, get back to where they were at once at one time. And then I got traded to play for the um, Charlotte Hornets, and go down there and play and get back into the playoffs. And so I experienced the entirety of what the NBA had to offer. And that was great. That was, I mean, I learned every step of the way. I can't tell you one was better than the other. Obviously more people like to talk about my experience there in Chicago, right? Everyone loves a winner, but truthfully speaking, my most valuable experiences were the ones where I did win because I got a chance to see the real NBA. And, you know, great players like a Jordan, like a Pippen and those guys, you know, they, you know, they, they're good. They're, they're exceptionally good. Every player is really good in the NBA, but there are exceptional players. And certainly those two, along with a, a, a great number of other players, you know, the Magic Johnsons, Larry Bird, you can see those guys, these guys, you know, have an opportunity to play every single night against one of these guys. Right. <laughs> it was just a thrill for me. And um, just like one I cherish. So I learned so much and I'm still learning today. And uh, to be a part of the NBA, even in the capacity that I am, is great because I get a chance to see it. I still go to games. I still talk to players and talk to coaches and executives, how to build teams. So it's a it, it's a lot of fun. Well, I think I lost you there. What's your volume? Sorry about that. We have a little issues with Troy. He'll pop back in. Let's see if you're there. Troy, do we have you? We've we've lost Troy's audio for some reason. I I don't know why he was just there. Uh, but BJ, while we're trying to get Troy back in, uh, okay. you you mentioned being an agent, mm -hmm. and what is that like uh, to go from a player? to somebody who has to look out for the best interests of those players. Sometimes if those players uh, don't think it's in their best interest. Well, you, you know, the, the one thing that, that really got me interested in possibly doing something like becoming an agent was I began to see how young the players were coming into the league. And, you know, most of the players back in that era, 
they were going to school for a minimum of two, three, four years. So there was some experience that you had, not only as a player, but as a person, things you've experienced, right? Uh, on a college campus before entertaining the idea of turning professional and coming into a professional organization and playing and understanding the business aspect of sports. So for me, it was just seeing where are these young people gonna learn this business, right? You don't just, you know, they're not on a college campus. They're not playing abroad in, in Europe, like you or Europe or, you know, international basketball, like you see so many players are. Where are our young players talking about the domestic players going to learn how to play other than coming to the NBA and just playing and really just relying on their talent to carry them through until they really understand the balance that it takes be, before you become a great player. You know, you got to understand the 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 business part of this. So for me, it was just a matter of accepting that challenge and saying, you know what, if I was a young kid at 18 and suddenly for whatever reason I chose to come to the NBA, where am I going to learn? <laughs> Who am I going to learn? Who's going to help me to get where I need to be? Because I'm not going to learn it just at practice at an NBA practice. I have to learn.